Hi everyone and welcome to the very first episode of the Homegrown live show and podcast. So this is something that we've sort of done a little bit on my YouTube channel but I thought why not take it to the next level and put that into a podcast as well. So if you are watching on the live show then definitely jump into the live chat and um, let me know where you're tuning in from. Um, it's always great to see so many different people from all around the world joining. Uh, and if you are listening to this as the podcast, then you can always jump onto Sustainable Holly on YouTube and check out the replay of the live show. If there's anything that you wanted to see or check out the live chat afterwards, those are always available. And you'll be able to see next episode's already loaded so I'm going to try and keep one episode ahead so the next one is already up and scheduled um, and you'll be able to find that on my Sustainable Holly YouTube channel. So a welcome uh, if you are new here my name is Holly and I am the host of the show so we are going to have some guests which I'm very excited about but for the next couple of episodes while I pretty much bootstrap this with cardboard box tripods um, and all uh, we it's gonna be a solo show um, but we've got a pretty exciting episode here today I'm going to be talking a lot about seeds so it's a pretty um, popular topic at the moment with it being the start of autumn for us here in um, Australia New Zealand so a lot of seeds are getting started which is exciting I love a seed starting season April I mean like autumn and spring that's when I plant the most of my seeds um, so today we're going to also do a little bit of an introduction um, to me because you may have seen me on YouTube or on Instagram but I want to dive a little deeper into that um, and share more so um, you want to find out some new information and if you have not seen or heard of me before then it's all going to be fresh and new to you as well so um, we're going to do a little bit of intro we're also going to talk about how summer went the good the bad the ugly um, and sort of recap how February went and where we're at today on the 1st of March in the garden um, we're also going to plant a kitchen garden together so I did want to have a little bit of a kitchen garden set up for the background, but I thought, why not do that together today on the first episode so we can watch it grow as we continue our episodes. So I do have that behind me. I don't know if you can see, um, but we have it ready to go. So we are going to plant some seeds today. Um, and we're also going to talk a little bit about what I'm planting in March. So I've got a whole bunch of other seeds here with me that I'm gonna show you on what I'm planting at the moment, um, what seeds I'm gonna sow in the next month. Um, also, we're gonna talk about my to-do list, what's happening in the garden, what I'm pruning, taking cuttings from, all the things. Because I know that is a topic that a lot of people ask me is, um, when do I do this? What are you doing right now? So I thought this would be a really great opportunity for us to garden together live. You'll be able to see what I'm gonna be doing in the month ahead and also what has happened in the month prior. So I think I'll do these monthly resets you know, like on the first or the first Wednesday of every month, and we can look back at what happened and um, take a look at um, the goals that we set. Because the next thing we're going to do is we're going to set some goals together. I'm going to set a mix of gardening goals, personal goals, and some business goals. Because this podcast or this live show, I am going to dive a little bit deeper behind the scenes on creating an income from the garden. And a lot of my guests that I'm going to have on the show are going to provide lots of gardening tips, um, how they garden, you know, some of them will be have more specialty um, information and might be on seeds or beekeeping or um, growing cuttings or creating, um, I don't know, market gardens, all the things. And most of those people are creating an income from their garden as well. So I thought, why not 
have a little bit of that in there as well. So um, that is pretty much it. We're also going to do a little bit of Q&A at the end. So if you do have those questions, make sure you pop them in the live chat um, and we'll definitely get to those uh, at the end of the session just to keep that flow for those that are listening as a podcast. But um, let's jump in. Before we do the introduction and a little bit of my history of how I managed to find my way to Perth, because I am a Kiwi, I am from New Zealand, um, so I'm going to give a little bit of an insight into how I made it here to Perth and where I came from. But before we do that, I did want to share a, a little bit of a new segment. They're all new because this is the first episode, but um, I'm going to do a plant of the week. I love plant profiles. I love um, sharing new information about plants so that it might be something that you hadn't tried before, you haven't grown before, or you are growing it, but you didn't realize that certain plants were edible, or um, you might find out something new and inspirational from these plant profiles. So we're going to do a new one every week. So the first one that we're doing this week, and if you've been on my Instagram, you probably um, have seen this pop up a bit, and that is... New Zealand spinach or warrigal greens, which is also called here in Australia. So this is um, absolutely prolific in my garden at the moment and it's in nearly every meal. So I this week I think I've had it in every single dinner. So I thought this is definitely the plant of the week um, and it's really drought tolerant. So it's going to thrive better if it does have plenty of water, um, just like most plants. But you know, we have had such a hot, dry summer here, and I know that is not the same for a lot of other people, um, especially on the east coast of Australia and New Zealand, who are struggling with the amount of rain, but um, we have had pretty much no rain here. So it is drought tolerant. Um, it is heat tolerant. Um, we're having 38 degree days every day this week, um, which is very toasty warm, and it's still thriving. I'm it's still growing. I'm, you know, just watering it like I normally water the rest of my garden, which is looking um, pretty crispy, some of it. But the New Zealand spinach looks lush and green. It's um, an edible ground cover, so it's going to cover and protect our soil um, as well as providing us food and places for our beneficial insects and wildlife to live. Um, and obviously it's an abundant producer, so you can cut it and pick from it and it's just going to keep popping back up and growing more. So every week you have fresh new spinach to eat um, and it's easy to use. It's just like you would use spinach. I harvest maybe the um, 10 centimeters, 10 to 15 centimeters on the end of it. Um, and that way I can use the whole thing. I can use the stem and everything and I just chop it up and pop it in a stir fry, in a salad, in a, uh, well, probably more so cooking it uh, in stir fries, soups and curries. Um, so you just use it any way that you would use spinach, um, and it's quick growing. So I'm cutting it back all the time and it's regrowing quickly and it's a perennial. So it's going to continue to grow for me all year round. I know in a lot of other climates, it's going to die down over winter, but here, um, in Perth, I can pretty much grow it and utilize it all year round. Um, and that is our plant of the week. So um, let me know if you're growing this New Zealand spinach or warrigal greens. Because it is such an abundant producer, you can cut it back. I did like cut heaps of it off. It was sort of, um, it grows very similar to sweet potato. So it, it like can be quite sprawling and overtake the garden. Um, so just watch that if you are, if you do have little seedlings and stuff, it's going to smother a lot of plants because of its quick growing nature. But you can cut it back and either use it um, to feed the chickens or obviously cook and preserve a lot of it. Or you can also just chop and drop it and lay it down for mulch. So it will break down in the garden and it will feed your soil. Um, so that's another great thing about the New Zealand spinach. But that's it for the plant of the week. So let's just dive into a little bit of an introduction to who I am, where I came from, a little bit of a background just here for episode one. Um, it's going to be brief, so I'm not going to tell you my whole life story. <laughs> um, don't worry about that. But, you know, further episodes, we will dive into 
other parts because I want this to be more real and raw and authentic, which is why I'm doing it live so that it's not edited. Um, this is exactly what's happen happening right now. And just on that, we are live. So there is going to be like live, real life noises, background noises. Um, I'm surprised my dog hasn't already jumped in and said hi. Um, he will, don't worry about that. He's very vocal and if anyone drives down our road, um, he likes to tell you about it. So um, yeah, just a warning, this is a live show, so there will be background noise. Um, hopefully my partner who is outside um, <laughs> doesn't make too much noise because he always likes to take this one hour when I do a live show to um, make all the noise invite people over all the things it is an adventure so we're just gonna roll with it hopefully it all goes smoothly but um, so a little bit of a history a little bit of background on me um, I am a Kiwi I come from New Zealand I come from a small town about three hours north of Auckland which is called Whangarei um, I grew up there for the first 18 years of my life I also came from a really small community um, just outside of Whangarei, so it, that is called the Tutukaka Coast. Um, so I grew up in a rural community by the beach. It was picture perfect. Um, pretty much no one, only a few, like a very full, small handful of people lived in my little community. Um, most of the houses were empty because they were holiday houses or as we call them in New Zealand batches so um, there was streets of empty houses full of laden fruit trees that we would just go and grab fruit from because like literally no one is in these houses for um, three quarters of the year so um, I have so many memories of growing up before I would get on the school bus I'd go in a fill my backpack with all the fijoas and um, nashi pears and all the fruit and I probably still to this day could tell you where all those fruit trees are. Um, it was a huge part of my you know um, childhood and then we'd jump on the bus to go an hour to school and then an hour home in the afternoon. Um, so I lived there until 18 and then um, I did briefly go to the Gold Coast and live on the Gold Coast. I think I lasted six months. Um, the Gold Coast is not for me. I was not a Gold Coast person. And also I was still trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And so I ended up moving back to New Zealand to Hamilton, did a degree. I uh, did a Bachelor of Media Arts, majoring in photography. And so I was there for three years in Hamilton before I moved to Perth, which is a whole other story. But um, yeah, I landed in Perth. Uh, that was pretty much because I had a couple of friends here and I wanted to get out. And I think if you grow up in a small town, um, you either end up staying in the bubble or wanting to stay in that bubble of that small town, or you really want to get out and see the world. And for me, it was, I really wanted to get out and see the world and experience different places because I knew I was always probably going to go back um, and that I have all my family there. So I'm always going to go home. It's always going to be home for me. But um while I could, I wanted to, you know, spread my wings. And I ended up in Perth and I've been here for 10 years. I don't think that was really intentional. It, well, I know it wasn't intentional to stay here for this long, but um, it is an amazing place to live. It, um, I don't know if you know much about the difference between Australia and New Zealand, but New Zealand has a really high cost of living and a really, and lower wages. So it's quite hard to get ahead. It's quite, um, I guess it's because it's, yeah, it's a smaller place, whereas Australia and Perth are bigger places. Um, there's so much opportunity here. And um, I've loved living here. I feel like it's a similar lifestyle to New Zealand. It's very um, coastal, beachy, lots of camping, lots of adventures. It's a very relaxed um, kind of group of people here. And I also met my partner, who is a Kiwi as well. Um, so our friend group, there's a lot of Kiwis here in Perth. I and mean, there is a lot of Kiwis here in Perth because of that similarity in lifestyle. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much how I landed here in Perth. The I guess there's a whole other story behind how I started off my sustainable holly business. But um, that's probably a topic for another day. But pretty much um, 
I've always been gardening. So since my whole life, my um, grandparents were gardeners, my parents were gardeners, we had a big backyard garden um, and that's where I learned to garden. Um, and then every house that I ever lived in, renting at uni, we had I had, would start a kitchen garden. I, that was the first thing I would do, plant chilies and plant herbs and have something that I could put into my meals, knowing that one day I was going to be able to have these bigger gardens. Um, but I just always started with what I had and used what was available to me. Um, and yeah, now I'm here um, in... We have 720 square meters, just a suburban house. So um, still, I have other big dreams, obviously, about a big um, lifestyle property where I can create a huge food forest and do all the things. But for now, I am loving being here. I've got um, plenty of space still, converting my front yard um, and growing as much food as I can um, and learning so much along the way. So that's pretty much a background on where I came from, how I managed to get here to Perth. Um, but now let's talk about the garden. What has been happening in the garden over summer? What um, happened in February? So my summer here in Perth, like a summer in Perth is very hot. It's very dry. Um, we don't get a lot of rain. I mean, like I could probably tell you twice it's rained and not even rain, like just like some moisture to come from the sky <laughs> I mean I guess that's rain but it, like I wouldn't call it rain um, and so we've had a really dry summer it hasn't actually been as hot as normal like we normally get a lot of 45 degree um, days whereas like this year it's been 38 has been sort of the highs um, this week it's all basically 38 degrees so it's quite warm it's very warm for this Kiwi I am not used to the heat even after 10 years here every summer gets me but um, I guess that's how I've ended up transitioning my garden and a lot of how I garden has come from dealing with the summer and the heat. Um, so that is probably why I get I have so much perennials now compared to annuals and another reason for that is every summer I like to go on holiday for it's about 10 days to two weeks we go away for New Year's and go camping completely off the grid no um no service. I can't get all the notifications. I can't check Instagram or nothing. It's so good. I love it. And it's something that we do every single year. But being away from the garden for 10 days to two weeks in the middle of summer is not ideal, um, especially here in Perth. So like literally one day, if you don't look after your garden, can be crispy. Um, so I've done a lot of things to mitigate that and uh, um, setting up automatic sprinklers and timers um, putting shade cloth on I bring a lot of my pallet planter gardens under cover so they're in the shade um, and I'm planting probably yeah, a lot more perennials than I am annuals but I did that again this summer and obviously it just you get on a high because your um, your plants start taking off and then you, I go away for 10 days and like I come back and they're not all dead but like they're struggling so then I've got to sort of recover them for the next few weeks. So January is definitely like a survival mode for the garden for me. And it just, it didn't work that well for me this year. So my tomatoes really struggled. I don't really get much out of the tomatoes. Um, we also get really high winds here in, in my suburb or um, probably in Perth in general, we get high winds in summer. So my tomatoes snapped um, and I taped them back together. Like I just... It felt really forced and it felt like a struggle with the tomatoes this year. So that um, they're all gone now. I pretty much have no tomatoes left. I've also pulled out now all the zucchinis and most of my summer crops I've removed because they were just just getting like straggly and taking up a lot of space but not really producing anything. So it was time to take them out. Um, my gardens are looking very bare, especially the annual raised garden beds. And the pallet planters, they are definitely on the leaner side now. There's not a lot going on in there. I do have some perennials planted in all my gardens now. So there is something. There's some herbs, um, rainbow chard. What else have I got? I've still got cucumbers on the go. Um, I've got kukuza on the go, which is sort of like, um, I guess, a squash gourd type of thing. It's really interesting. It's like a one meter long, kind of like a, tromboncino sort of thing um so i've got two of those on the go still 
Uh, lots of basil still. But that's kind of it. I'm really, you know, starting from, not starting from scratch, but like the gardens have been emptied and they are ready to be replanted. So that's what we're going to talk about today. I need to empty out my compost bins and top up the garden beds and all of that. We're going to talk about planning later on in the show um, what I've got to do to get these gardens back up and thriving for a new season. Um, I do love autumn. It's one of my favorite it is my favorite season because it's a little bit cooler. Um, well, maybe not this week, but um, in general, it's a little bit cooler. The feejoas are going to be fruiting and ripe and ready, um, which I'm very exciting, excited about. Um, so we've got that to look forward to. Uh, guavas, uh, guavas are fruiting and Hawaiian guava is going to be coming into fruit. Well, it's going to be ready I guess um in autumn as well so I do love autumn um but that's pretty much it for where the gardens are at right now the the food forest style garden I do nothing to other than like prune that back and harvest it's very low maintenance um so yeah that's pretty much where we're at with summer um let's plant a little bit of a kitchen garden I'm excited to do this because uh, we're going to be able to see it grow every week. So as you tune in, you'll be able to have a little bit of an update on how our kitchen garden went. So I'm going to plant, I've got a few things here. Um, I kind of just went through my seeds and found whatever I had. Um, so I've got some chives because it's a good time to plant your chives right now. Um, a lettuce mix, some parsley, um, and some pansies. Also some... Um, some pansies that I've saved from my garden um, so we're gonna pop those in and I thought it would be fun to do a little bit of an experiment so we're just gonna put the seeds in this little I've got a container here so I'm just gonna pop all the seeds in here they're all roughly the same size um, seeds so we're gonna plant them the same depth in the soil um, and I thought we'd just sprinkle them in because I do like random planting I do like diversity um, I don't do straight lines. I don't do everything next to each other. So I thought, why not do this? So I'm just going to pop, um, I don't know. We'll see how much comes out of the bag, but I'm probably like aiming to pop about five seeds from each type, um, in here. If there's any left in here, um, this is a really good time to be going through your seed collection, whether you're just coming into autumn or um, spring. I know some of you are going to be on opposite seasons. Um, this is a, yeah, a really good time to just go through, make sure you've got all the seeds that you need to get. If you need to purchase more, um, you can do that. So I'm probably gonna start a list after this as well of what I'm missing because um, sometimes I just, I'm not like very good at keeping track of where things are. Um, like I was looking for something, what was I looking for? And I, I was like, I, I know I have this. Oh, rocket. Like, surely I have rocket. I mean, I grew so much rocket. I saved a whole bunch from my garden. So it's somewhere. I don't know where, because it would have been perfect to put in this kitchen garden. Because rocket grows really fast. Um, and it's really good to just be picking little bits of here and there for salads and all sorts of things. So I thought while we plant this garden... Um, We'll do a little bit of like what was the highlight of the week maybe you can let me know what your highlight of the week was um my highlight of the week was harvesting guavas from the strawberry guavas i got a whole bowl of strawberry guavas um i had to go out and make sure i'm harvesting them sort of every day um to stop the rats and the possums and the parrots all coming to get them um so I got a whole bowl, bowl of strawberry guavas. I also got elderberries. I um, have never had them before. It's something new to me. So I picked a whole bunch of elderberries. So I need to um, do something with those. I will probably make an elderberry syrup. I think that's what I'll do. Um, but yeah, that was my highlight of the week. Um, I can see someone say, where do I buy my seeds from? So I sort of buy my seeds from a lot of different places, but one of my favorite places to buy seeds 
I've got a few. One is uh, Down to Earth, um, and I can pop a link to that at the end of this. They are my friends here in Perth. They um, get seeds from Tasmania, um, and they're grown here in Australia. So that's something that is um, kind of assumed by a lot of people, that the seeds that we're buying here in Australia are grown here in Australia. But in actual fact, some of them aren't. Uh, like a lot of them are imported from from the UK, um, from overseas. So you want to really try and get seeds that were growing, growing in your local climate or as close as you can get. It's not always possible to get them um, from your local climate, but even your country is like the best. Um, I also get some seeds from Thrive Sustainability as well. Uh, Perth Hills veggies. Um, yeah, just a whole bunch. I just try and get open pollinated or hy um, or um, non-hybrid just so that I can save the seeds from my own garden, um, which I'm starting to do more and more now. So we've got, you can't really see, there's, a, there's not a lot in there, um, but there's about, yeah, about five or six from each type um, of the seeds. Did I get some chives in there? I'm pretty sure I got chives in there. Yes, the chives are in there. All right, so let's plant these seeds. So I have um, this kitchen garden, which is about 40 centimeters, I guess, in length and 10 or 15 wide. Um, it's perfect just to put on the bench and... Um, grow a few kitchen herbs and greens. So all I'm gonna do is just um, sprinkle them on top. These are tiny seeds, like they're tiny, tiny. Uh, and they're all roughly the same size. So I can plant them in the same depth. So you wanna plant your seeds um, twice as deep as they are in size. So you don't wanna to put too much soil on top. Um, because the seeds only have enough energy in them to um, burst up a certain distance. So if they're too deep, they're going to run out of steam before they get to the surface. So I've just got some extra soil here. Um, and I'm just going to sprinkle that on top. A little light dusting. Now, I'm using a seed raising mix, seed raising and cutting mix. Um, you don't want to skimp out on your seed mix try and get a quality one um you don't need a whole lot of it like usually one sort of bag of soil for the seat for the season tends to work for me um and just make sure there's no big chunks in there because you don't want any big bits of bark or big chunks covering up your tiny little seeds so next what i would do is i would just mist this with a hose but i don't want to do that right now in my kitchen so for now we're just going to um, put that soil on top um, and then afterwards I will mist this and you can watch them grow together so these are going to live behind me I just need to get a little tray to put under that so the, the water doesn't leach everywhere because the, it is important that you do have drainage in um, your gardens like that or your containers because you don't want them to get waterlogged you want the water to be able to drain out so they don't get rotten roots and um, anything like that so that that one does have holes in the bottom of it um, so now we've done that we can start looking more at seeds diving deeper into the seeds and we're going to talk about planning for March so this is what's happening in March we are going to do two rounds of winter seeds. So I'm going to plant a round of seeds this week. And then in a week or two, I'm going to do another round. Probably close, yeah, closer to the end of March. I'll do another round of seeds. Um, and we can pretty much go to town with all the winter seeds. So, you know, your, your cauliflowers and your cabbages and things like that. We can start planting those seeds now because by the time um, they get to be ready to go into the garden it should hopefully have cooled down so um we're going that is on my list of things to do um i'm going to purchase any missing seeds so now that we're going to go through all the seeds i'm going to know what's missing um and i can purchase those get those ready so that in my next round of planting i have them um 
I'm also going to empty out my compost bins, any of the ones that are full of soil into my garden beds, get more food back in those garden beds to replenish them from summer because obviously all our summer plants have sucked up a lot of that nutrients, especially in container garden beds or um, raised garden beds that have a limited amount of nutrition. So top those up um, and then add fresh mulch. So my mulch has got lots of gaps in it now just from growing things, pulling things out. Also, we have so much wind here that I think a lot of it's blowing away. Um, but I'm going to get some fresh mulch on all my gardens. Um, then we're also going to do um, some liquid feed in all my gardens because I do have a lot of container gardens and raised garden beds. Um, I do like to put liquid fertilizer in there. So if that is in terms of compost teas, worm teas, um, you know, liquid seaweed fertilizers, just to add some nutrition back in um, and get ready for a new season of planting. Um, I'm also going to prune my mulberry. So I have pruned it because we've had so much wind, but um, I haven't taken cuttings from it because if I take my cuttings too close to when it last fruited, the cuttings start to try and fruit. And we don't want them to try and fruit. We want them to put their energy into roots. So it's been long enough now since they fruited that I can take cuttings um, and they will put the energy into growing roots. So that's going to happen this month. I always do my mulberry cuttings in autumn. Um, and I have a white mulberry. So that's quite interesting. And I can, you know, trade that, swap that, sell those. Um, because if I'm going to be cutting it anyway, you know, I give heaps of them away because I've, I've got to cut it back so much because it just grows so quickly and so tall. Um, I want to harvest some sweet potato leaves because the sweet potatoes grow wild and they will die down over winter, the leaves. So I wanted to harvest them and do some experimenting in terms of um, saving those leaves for use throughout winter. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Um, and I want to purchase two grapevines. This has been on my list for a while, so... I'm like using this to like hold myself accountable and people can ask me if I've done it. Um, but I wanted to purchase some grapevines to start growing um, some shade cover out the front over my annual veggie patch, my raised garden beds. Because at the moment I do have shade cloth out there, but I do want to have um, a living, you know, shade. And grapes are great because they're going to be losing their leaves in winter, letting that light in um, and then protecting in um, summer. So we're going to give that a go. I've done a little bit of research and I'm also just going to go with what I like to eat. And I like to eat the green grapes. So I'm probably going to get two different green varieties. Um, and that is what's happening in March for me in the garden. Um, and Next up, we've got goal setting, which comes along with, um, you know, what's happening in the garden. So I thought this would be a really good thing to do. We can sort of um, come up with some goals. If you've got any, I'd love to know what yours are. And if not, you can get inspired by mine and other people's to hopefully set your own because it's March already. And I had some big goals and dreams for this year. And I know I haven't even started a lot of them. And we're in the third month already. So one of the ones, and if you watch my video on what my goals were for this year, it was sourdough. And I had not even started this. So um, I do now have this started. Um, it's behind me here. Um, I have a sourdough starter on the go. So I actually need to feed that today. Um, because it's so warm here, it's very active and there's lots of bubbles and lots of things happening in there. So I think I'll be able to start, you know, using it relatively soon within the next in the next week maybe. Um, so there's no excuses why I can't bake my first ever sourdough loaf. Um, if not, maybe a few throughout the month, I need to start giving it a go, practicing it. I love eating sourdough. So I'm really hoping that this is going to be something that I can master and make some beautiful loaves. Um, and then I want to start incorporating things from the garden. So um, making different flavored loaves using lots of the produce that I have in the garden. Um, I think that's like the ultimate. I love toast. I mean, I just love sourdough toast. So I want to be able to make my own. Um, so that's on my goals. There's no reason I can't do this. 
um, plant two rounds of seeds. So um, probably one this week, hopefully this week, um, and then another one towards the end of March. So uh, we can we're going to go through all my seeds in a minute um, and take a look at that. But that's what's going to happen. I need to plant the seeds. <laughs> the seeds are going to grow a whole lot better in the soil than they are in the packet. So let's get them out of the packet. Um, I also want to plant three new perennials. So I'm really loving perennials. I want to incorporate them into all of my garden beds so that I don't ever have to start from scratch. But I always have these perennials on the go. So I want to continue to add things to my garden that are perennial. So I'm going to add three new perennials to the garden. Not sure what those are going to be yet. Um, we will find out. Um, and we'll recap these goals on the 1st of April. Oh my God, I can't believe we're already talking about the 1st of April. Um, we'll recap the goals and see if we've achieved them. So, um, And then personal goals. I want to mountain bike three times this month. Um, it's you know, I could make all the excuses like it's just too hot. It's definitely hot, but it's cool enough in the mornings. There's no excuse that I cannot get up early enough to go mountain biking. So that's on the list three times this month. I want to read one book because I've been pretty slack on the book reading front. Um, and I like to be able to switch off, get off screens. I'm dealing with screens all day long. So having a book is really valuable, whether that's a nonfiction or a fiction. And I'm with the local library. Oh, I love it. I couldn't speak highly enough about the library system here. Um, I'm with the city of Kalamunda and we have multiple libraries throughout um, the different suburbs. And the great thing is, is that you can go online to the catalog, search up what... Um, book you're looking for if you've got a recommendation from someone they might have it they might not but if they have it um, you can get it sent to the library that's closest to you and it literally you get an email like that day if not the next day saying the book has arrived to your local closest library and you're just gonna pick it up for free um i love it we have a friend tama do you want to say hi to the live shop i don't know if you can see him He's being very quiet. You're being very good. Did you want to say hi? <laughs> I just picked him up and he is not a light guy. He's um, 36 kilos. So um, he just wanted to say hi. But yeah. Library, if you if you haven't already joined the library, you definitely should. It's amazing. Um, it's a great resource. And they also have ebooks as well. So you can get um, ebooks for free. And I, especially when you just want to go through a lot of books, I don't read books more than once. I'm a one time book reader. So I like to get mine out from the library and then take them back and get a new one. Um, and. A piece of art on the wall. So that was also in my goals video. We have renovated our house. We're in, still in the process of doing that, but um, the walls are so blank, like they're white. And, you know, it's not very creative. So um, mainly because my partner doesn't want me to put holes in the walls because he knows that I change my mind all the time. And I'm like, I'll want to put something up. And I'll be like, nah, I want to move it somewhere else. Um, and he's like, you can't do that. So... He's very apprehensive about me putting things on the walls, but we are going to do it. I want to get something up. And I think the first thing I want to get up on the wall is a big photo of my home beach. My dad was a photographer and he has some incredible photos. So that is something that I'm going to get on my wall. Hold me to this, you guys. I need to get this on the wall in March, something. Um... And that's it for the personal goals. So in terms of business goals, I want to post four YouTube videos a week because that is not changing here with this live show. I'm still going to be posting my regular YouTube videos um, and I want to post one per week. So they're going to be hopefully on a Saturday um, and I will aim to get four up this month. Um, host four live shows, so one per week on a Wednesday. Um, 
And that's mainly because I just want to be consistent. It's the hardest thing when you have all these things on the go. So holding myself to certain days, like my Tuesday tips newsletter goes out every Tuesday. I mean, I've missed a couple, but... 95% of the time, my Tuesday Tips newsletter goes out on a Tuesday. Um, And now doing this live show, I've already scheduled next week's, so I can hold myself accountable to that. Um, So we just need to get the YouTube videos on there. They just, it's just really like hot at the moment. So filming it has been really hard um, because I can't film during the day or you'll just see like sweat dripping down my face. Um, Nobody wants to see that. So, um, uh, Yeah, that's what I'm aiming to do for this month. And I'm also aiming to get my first sponsored YouTube video. So I've got a few in the works. Um, Whether they land this month or not, um, that would be awesome. Because um, being able to create an income from YouTube and from what I'm doing means that I can invest that back into more um, gear and make these shows and make my videos better. So I'd love to upgrade you know, my sound systems, my, um, I'm currently using cardboard boxes, um, as tripods. So, you know, I'm, I'm all about bootstrapping and working with what we've got, but, you know, having, um, progress is always going to make things better and improve things. So that, those are my goals for March. Um, seeds. Let's talk about all the seeds. So I'm just going to show you a few of the seeds that I'm going to plant this month um, in March in my two rounds of seed saving, seed sowing. Um, So we've got celery. I love celery. Um, I don't know if you can see this. So we're going to do some, I've got some red celery. I also have another um, variety of celery somewhere in the mink. I think it's a pink one. I like doing colorful things, you guys. Um, green sprouting broccoli. So I'm going to do some green sprouting broccoli. Um, oh, we got here we go. Peppermint stick celery. So um, that's a another sort of type of celery. Celery is great because you can easily just pick off one or two bits for a salad. Um, and use that all the time but celery is like something that likes moisture and so clearly not a summer in Perth um we've got cauliflower um start getting that on the go some broccoli some romanesco have you guys tried this one I love this one this is I think it's an Italian heirloom I don't know but it's kind of cool it's um I kind of feel like it's a cauliflower cross between a broccoli. I don't know if that's correct, but that's what the vibe it gives me. Um, daikon radish. I love pickles. Pickles are life, you guys. Pickles are life. So we're going to do that. Beetroot. I've already been planting beetroot. So I plant all my root vegetables, such as beetroot, carrots, radish, all directly into the garden. Um, I don't plant those in seed trays. So I've already been planting some of those into the garden beds. Because they um, have delicate roots, they don't like being transplanted. So I always plant root vegetables directly into the garden. Um, We've also got, so we've got white beetroot, golden beetroot. Where's my candy cane beetroot? That's an essential. I love that. It's got a weird name and I'm not going to try and say that name on camera. But um, it's the striped beetroot. And it's one of my favorite things to grow. It tastes very sweet. I like sweet um, vegetables. Um, So one of the things I'm probably going to hold off, I'm not going to probably plant this in March, but maybe next month would be my Asian greens, just because they don't like the heat and it's still very hot here. If they get too much heat, they're going to go to flour. Um, Sugar beets, bit of sugar beets. Um, onions, we can start planting my onions. Probably, I like to direct sow my onions as well, but um, I've already planted. I let a lot of my onions go to flower and seed. So I've got, I've sort of sprinkled them all through my garden, just like as they fell. Um, so they're already starting to pop up and I'm not having to actually plant them, which is one of the reasons I love doing like 
bad, like self-seeding in the garden. Um, saves me so much time. So I've also got a yellow Spanish onion. And I grow a lot of the spring onion varieties because I love those. I love the red bunching onion. Um, so I've got the red bunching onion and the long trapea red. Um, cabbage, they take ages. So we like to get them on the go. Um, I like to grow red cabbages because those are what I like to eat. Um, we've got more radishes. I've got lots of radish varieties as well, you guys, because I love radish. I love to plant it in between everything. So it's my gap filler. It grows really quickly. You can, um, if you don't like radish, if you think it's too spicy and like it's just not your vibe, try roasting it, honestly. Roasted radish is so sweet and not peppery and delicious. Um, and I use it in like roast veggie salads all the time. Obviously rainbow chard. We've been planting that already. I already have some in the garden. I've got lots of yellow and orange. So I've got um, an orange fantas fantasia. Um, already quite a few of those growing that have lasted through summer. I mean, I'm not eating them. They don't look great. They're hanging on. But um, I'm just sort of like keeping them alive. And then once it cools down, they'll thrive. So um, at least it'll give me a head start for the cooler season, but I will plant some more, hopefully getting some pink ones. I've planted a bunch in the garden already. Um, but yeah, I've got another cabbage, a red express cabbage. Um, so I am missing a few things. Like I don't have much broccoli. So I'm probably going to put that on the list, get some more broccoli. Um, what else am I missing? Purple cauliflower. I the purple cauliflower thrived last season. I got so many purple cauliflower, like what, like probably way too many, but I loved them. I've got like a real nutty flavor and um, they look so bright and beautiful in the garden because a lot of our winter gardens are green. So to have um, a bright purple color, I love it. Um, that's pretty much it for the seeds, really. So, um, no excuses. It's, you know, time to get these in, in the ground. I'm going to be planting a round of these this week. Um, and I hope that has inspired you to start getting some seeds in the ground as well um, and set some goals and yeah, just a refresh. It's always good to have a refresh. I know you can refresh at any time, but the first of the month, it's got a really good refresh vibe. So um that's what I'm gonna do and we'll do these refresh and resets and we'll talk about what happened in the garden um every month but um yeah that's pretty much it for what I was going to cover today I'm going to jump into a few Q&A's so if there are any questions or you have any questions I'm just going to go through some of them quickly now at the end and it's so nice to see so many of you um joining in from different parts of Australia New Zealand, we've got Sydney, Melbourne, um, Northland, Hamilton, um, the garage, <laughs> my partner's tuning in from the garage, um, got the UK, yeah, awesome, um, my goals are building a chicken coop and getting a couple more fruit trees and getting a blueberry and raspberry plants. I love those goals. Those are amazing goals. Um, chickens are something that I, um, after being home and being with my mum's chickens, um, I don't know, it kind of scared me off. They were a little high maintenance um, and I'm just like not sure I'm ready for chickens just yet. Um, although, you know, having fresh eggs and that would be amazing. Um, Oh, what else have we got? Celery. I do. Um, I did grow like a normal green celery and that sort of self-seeded. So I do get normal celery popping up all the time um, because celery self-seeds so easily. Um, and we've got USA. Welcome. Um, a little bit of everything here. Garlic. Now, am I planting garlic? Um, I'm not a big garlic grower. I will tend to pop in a few bulbs here and there. I don't ever sow like a big garlic patch. Um, 
But I do have society garlic, which is a perennial garlic, and I'm loving that. It's giving me that garlic flavor all year round and from the flowers and the leaves. But I will probably throw in a few garlic bulbs here and there because I do like to use garlic in the kitchen. So um, again, I kind of do that like I do with my radishes and it just fill all the gaps um, once I've got everything else planted in the garden. I don't tend to have a dedicated garlic patch per se. Um, what about planting any native foods? So yes, that's definitely something on my list because native foods are going to be more drought tolerant and grow, you know, a lot easier. I do have a few on the go. Um, I've got some, like some finger limes. I've got a blood lime, um, obviously, and the, you know, the warrigal greens. Um, but I would love to get a few more interesting native foods on the go. So my, dream plan would be to have my verge planted in you know native flowers so I can attract all the bees and the native bees to my garden so that's something that's on the horizon as well um <laughs> oh Europe I'm only six months late no you've got you know we're happening on the opposite season so um you know every season is a new start every season is a refresh I love every season so um, cannot get garlic to bulb in Perth. Yeah, I don't know. I find garlic a little bit uh, tricky as well. You do have to have some good soil um, and space for it. And I sort of don't have much space. I like to fill my garden beds up pretty densely. Um, and you don't want to, you know, you don't really want to overcrowd garlic. It is best to sort of have it, um, you know, giving it some airflow so it doesn't get all the rust. Um... But yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, if you uh, liked the show, then please um, give it a like, subscribe. If you are going to be listening to this as a podcast, I would love it if you could give me a review as well, because this is a brand new show. Um, and the more we can get it out there and get people viewing it, the um, more we can attract some awesome guests to the show. So I do have some exciting things in the works and I want to include you guys in the show as well. So I'm going to come up with some um, interesting ways that we can get you guys on the show, whether it is via a live link or sending in some voicemails or um, questions from your garden. So I want this to be an interactive show, not just me, you know, here, talking all the time um I do want to have you guys on the show as well so there's lots of exciting things to come but that is pretty much it for episode one I hope you um enjoyed it I hope you got some inspiration to get back out into the garden to plant some seeds to set some goals um and I will hopefully see you back here for the next episode episode two is already scheduled we're going to be talking about staple base crops for self-sufficiency what can we grow that's going to provide us with a whole lot of food um things that are going to be, have multiple uses as well in the garden so that's already scheduled locked in ready to go um but thank you so much for joining me um I will see you back for episode two I hope you have an amazing rest of the week.